Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Melissa. And I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about private practice, season three, episode 23. Episode 23, The End of a Beautiful Friendship, was written by Deborah Kahn and directed by Jeanette Slorak. It aired on May 13th, 2010. Enjoy. Or don't. I <laughs> know, <laughs> right? It feels very... to bring things down. Yeah, womp womp. It was a... Wow. Uh, I definitely teared up quite a few times during yes, this one. Yes, this was very emotional. And, this, and I watched this one twice and it still got me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I don't envy you for oh. having to watch it twice. Anyway. Oh, it's okay. Actually, no, we should do housekeeping first. Yes, yes, we should. Okay. We should. So, dear listeners, as you know, Sam and I are both actors, and we have very busy schedules, and mine is going to be quite hectic in the coming months. With all I'm good not, things. With all good things, I must say. I must very say. good. Very good things. <laughs> we got, got two shows happening back to back, which is very exciting. Um, but sadly, I have to step away from you all just temporarily, and I will still be here. Um, so I'll be in and out as we continue onto season four and season five. But the positive, the plus side, is that we have some really special and exciting co-hosts that will be joining Sam in my absence. She's going to tell you more about it. Yes. So Melissa's going to be in and out. Um, that made me want a cheeseburger real bad, saying in and out. Anyway, <laughs> um, I know that listeners who are familiar with the show are like, season four? She can't miss all of season four. <laughs> but she will be watching yes, by herself and I'm mm-hmm. sure letting me know her thoughts. And oh, yes. I, um, I went through seasons four and five and I labeled – important episodes that she cannot miss season four episode seven being one of them Mm -hmm. dear listeners i know you're worried and also ones labeled great gr8 my my millennials and those are ones that like it would be great if she could come but it's not a season four episode seven type of deal so our incredible guest hosts i feel so lucky we have science with sarah stepping in we have our incredible amelia scholar Margot. we also have my dear dear friend christina pena who hosts conversations with a mixed chick also a great podcast to check out I love that conversations with the next chick. Yeah, it's really great. She has different people on to talk about identity and the business and things of that sort. Amazing. Then we have my other dear, dear friend, Melody Hollis, who is the host of the Artistic Beginnings podcast. And then I am so thrilled to let you guys know that we are going to have Mary and Allison from the American Girls podcast. Oh, so excited! Yeah, they're incredible all of these people are incredible we have a few more people who i'm gonna leave as surprises but that's a little taste of what you have coming up so now that you know that all of those wonderful humans are coming if you have any questions for them before they get here you can feel free to dm those to us they are in varying knowledge about private practice i would say sarah and Margot. they are very knowledgeable about private practice, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the others are less knowledgeable, but again, big fans of Grey's. Right. And Shonda in general. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know. Mm. Do we have any other housekeeping before I... 
give her a patient breakdown okay we have first notes and miscellaneous per usual troy hagen has a chest laceration subclavian injury avulsed pulmonary artery and broken ribs Ooh, those are some tough ones. Yeah. Some subclavian. I know. The avulsed pulmonary artery is what got me. Yeah. <laughs> Maya Bennett is pregnant and has a spinal fracture at L2. Mm. Maya's baby has hypothermia. William White has amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, ALS. Oh, I can't even say this last one. <clears throat> <sighs> Oh, I can't do it. I'm going to be really strong for you, but I did cry, and I'm probably going to cry again talking about it. Oh, it's fine. Understandably. Del Parker has a broken wrist and lacerations. That's all right. We're just going to leave it there. All right. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. That's fine. Nothing else. Nothing else Nothing else. Bursting into tears. He has a brain bleed, a brain herniation, and a brain hemorrhage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um... Happiness all around us. <laughs> Happiness all around. Bubbles and lollipops and butterflies. All the good things. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Yep. That. Mm. <laughs> oh, what, is your for, what is your first note, dear Melissa? My first note um, was, ooh, Sam. Sam don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what a way to kick off the episode. Uh, and uh, with the arch enemy, well, enemy, that's an enemy. I know they are really hard. They really are. Um, that's my, my very first one. And I have a few others. Yeah. <laughs> <your> first out. <laughs> Mine is similar, but um, in what I call the cold open before the mm-hmm. titles, the mm-hmm. last shot when Troy Hagen is like, being put under anesthesia and we see mm-hmm. Sam and he's looking up at Sam while the mask gets put on him. Mm-hmm. I just thought that shot was really awesome. Mm-hmm. Cause it almost yeah. it almost looked like Sam was doing Amelia's superhero pose, but I think I think his arms were crossed. Okay. okay. Yeah. So that was like just a great it's a really incredible shot. I don't want to yeah. say that it was making Sam look godlike because he mm-hmm. was just like standing there waiting for the patient to be put under but it's <laughs> it's almost like they were showing sam being po- like like a monument like you mm. go to look at monuments yeah and i almost also read into it of like this man who drove with a 0.3 blood alcohol level which Jeez. is so high that yeah. he it's like Sam isn't looking down on him, yeah. but he is looking up at him. So mm. it's like at this point, Sam is not looking down on this man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is an excellent interpretation. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I totally, I totally <laughs> directed this episode. So. I love it. I, I mean, it was very well done. So that would make sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> I also really liked when Charlotte and Sheldon are walking towards the hospital. Mm-hmm. Charlotte says, if you want me to stop thinking about Cooper, stop acting like him. How about that? I was like, oh, I feel bad for Sheldon for feeling insecure in the first place. Um, I know. The whole time I felt bad for Sheldon. Oh, I know. Poor Sheldon. Yeah. Hashtag poor Sheldon. Love him. Yeah. 
Would you and have then any? I said, oh, oh, yeah. I think she got an epidural. I know. It's like not funny, but also like, you know, also just like, girl. The first time I heard that, I didn't get it. But now oh, in my in my re rewatches, uh-huh. I was like, oh dear lord. How sad. I was like, what does she mean, epidural? Yeah. Horrible. I also noted mm-hmm. that Violet is still wearing Sam's style from last episode. Well, and I was about to say, when she strutted in, I was like, Violet sure is dressed for, like, you know, a casual evening in the hospital. Yeah, right? <laughs> totally, totally appropriate. And it makes sense because it's immediately following the last episode. Gotcha. So, okay. yeah, we saw, like, the helicopter come in and Addison was still. So That's right. I didn't even think about this. So this is technically the same night that she and Cooper were having that the picnic thing. Picnic. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Any more first notes before we go into Troy Hagen? That's it. All right. Um, well, I thought that it was fitting that he said, God is mad at me. It's like, well, maybe right. you shouldn't have drink so that your blood alcohol is 0.3 and then gotten into a car. Maybe. Yes, just maybe. Maybe the combination of drinking and driving is, you know, something that we're multiply told doesn't really go well together. Yeah. But, um, I know all some of our listeners are um, younger, not at the mm-hmm. age of drinking or the age of driving. Mm-hmm. So if um, and international listeners, so yes. the legal limit to drive in the U.S. is 0.08, mm-hmm. and he is 0.3, not 0.03, but 0.08. So that is almost four times the legal limit. Ooh. Lord have mercy. Yeah. Very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. go ahead go ahead oh no no I was just saying like thinking about like him saying you know the whole like oh god is mad at me thing but what you were saying about how Sam was kind of presented at the in the cold yeah of just kind of being like very god like over him I feel like that was very yeah I didn't think about that way I didn't until like you said it and I was just like oh you know you're saying about god being mad at him yeah I have no idea if like this is intentional on you know the creative side but but yeah, that's so interesting because I, I only thought it was funny because as we know later in the episode when Sam's like, you're goddamn right, God is mad at you. Exactly, exactly. Right, yeah. When Pete says there's a car accident every four minutes, that's not something that I need to hear right now. Right. It's like, that's not reassuring. No, definitely not. But yeah, he's also, Pete lied so convincingly. Whew, he did that. He really did. Yeah. Um, I was like, he had to come up with that story on his feet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I mean, like, I feel like he had been thinking about what he would say if Sam asked. Mm. But, yeah, that's quite quite a thing to think about. Yeah. I was like, wow. I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. To know and then, I guess, desperate times call for desperate measures because I... Because what else could he have, you know, said to make him stay? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else would have convinced him. Stay or continue on a non-murdering path. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Pete's always getting hit in that hallway. Remember when uh, Dell hit him? Oh, my God. Dell did hit mm-hmm. him, too. I had forgot about that. A mere half season ago. How, that was quite a punch, I must yeah. say. I was like, even the second time, I was like, Phew. Yeah. Yeah. Punches are continually thrown at St. Ambrose. Yeah, right. <laughs> Poor thing. And then a mere shot later, 
Mm -hmm. they're sitting in the waiting room together like nothing happened. Right. Like, we're not going to talk about it. No, I mean, I guess it's better for Naomi, but. Right, exactly. To to maintain the peace. Yeah. Anything else for Troy Hagen? I didn't have that much. I didn't have much for him either, no. Okay. I put Maya and Maya's baby in one section. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Yeah. When Maya is in treatment, the treatment room, Mm-hmm. Addison is in mama mode, as I call like god mama mode or whatever. Yeah. I think she's her godmother, right? Dell, oh, yeah, Dell is taking charge, but simultaneously terrified for Maya and the baby, and also yeah. kind of feeling responsible, which she shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte is caring so deeply. She, I was like really blown away by her this entire episode, like mm-hmm. how emotionally connected she was specifically in that scene where she had to tell Dell about the brain bleed and mm. I was just like I literally what did I say I was just like she's acting her butt off right now yeah. <laughs> letting Dell know about this bleed just like watching her like all of her shots and um even when she was telling him like you know I'm gonna get the best looking nurse to come in here and you're gonna rock that buzz cut and I was just like oh my god you can just like feel her subtext yeah your intention like all through it and it's just so heartbreaking because then you see Dell on the other end and he's like you know yeah he knows like they can swing that stuff on people who um who aren't physicians right yeah don't work in the field but it was just like seeing him know that she was trying to like make light of it and being like oh no like this is Mm. this is the end which is like oh i hate it and then the when when he wants betsy and violet's like you don't need that and charlotte's like bring her that's when i knew that's when i was like oh heck no they're not about to do this and i still think even at that point i was like there's no way especially after like he had like passed out and then like okay we got him conscious again and I just, like, did not – I knew it was the finale, and I knew something had to happen, but I just don't think I thought it was going to be this. <laughs> yeah, I remember way back when we first found out Maya's pregnant, I, I asked you what you thought, and you were like, well, I don't remember her being pregnant. And then I was like, yeah, because they never show it. They show it, like, three times. Gotcha. And then you were like, I just feel like, you know, she has to have some sort of traumatic birth. Every birth, every pregnancy in, in like Shondaland or on TV in general is always just like a little bit traumatic. Did I say that? That's you did. Hilarious. You did. You did. I know. I was like, oh yeah, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's so crazy. Oh, I had no idea it was coming. Wow. You made some really good ones. Um, mm. And then you go, I just want happiness for Dell. And I was like, uh huh. <laughs> the whole time. Find <laughs> you can feel and be alive. And I know. Feel. I know. You're uh, like, I want. I want him to find love, which I do too. I want him right. to be happy, which I do too. Uh, but this is not what I meant when I, you know, wanted him to rest in peace. I meant like rest in peace while yeah. living. You want him to have peace, not rest in it. Exactly. It's <laughs> a definite difference. Yeah. Uh, mm. and yet, and yet. when Naomi comes in oh I have Dell notes later I could combine them I guess um, but yeah when Naomi comes in and she said I'm seized with the urge to knit booties and coo <laughs> complete 360 yeah I loved when she came in and oh one 
one more thing back to Charlotte. We're always mm-hmm. told in acting class that trying not to cry is much more powerful than just sobbing on stage. And right. I felt that that is what Charlotte was doing. Not yeah. um, Violet also to a, to a point, but Charlotte yeah. specifically was doing everything she could not to break down. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it is, it's like so much more interesting watching someone being like, are they going to, are they going to, are they yeah. going to do Are they going to break? And, um, you could definitely see, I feel like, see her struggle in those moments, which was like, I think, which made it even more heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. And it just like the tears were just sitting in her eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That takes talent and gravity on your side. It really does. You're right. Because <laughs> it's just like, it's so easy to just kind of let it flow. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Naomi did come in with like the energy she came into the hospital with um, was like, almost comical which I yeah. felt like I, I felt myself like really trying to grasp on to like the moments of levity yes <laughs> because I was just like it was it was so heavy that I was like oh any any comedic relief would be greatly appreciated right now <laughs> I really liked later when they're sitting in the in the waiting room and hmm. I think it's Cooper who was like yeah it's it's harder to be the guy in the waiting room and Violet says let me find this quote it was really good I actually think it's actually worse being sliced open on the table and then everybody oh. just cracks up because Violet says that yes yes the waiting room definitely served as some comedically even mm-hmm. when Violet was like is everyone waiting for me to have a PTSD freak out yeah like, Girl, anybody thinking about you right now Truly, but she is. She's always thinking about herself. That's true. That's that's actually very true. Yeah. Because it actually didn't even cross my mind until she said it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, because it's so like, I mean, in episodic television, you don't think about what happened two episodes ago, even though that was like all that we were thinking about. The big thing. Right. Exactly. And I was just thinking, I was like, this has been like a very, I guess all seasons are 23 episodes, but I was just like, it's just been like. Yeah quite a journey like and I was like yeah I was thinking specifically like in as far as like Naomi um Mm. and how like I feel like forgiveness was like a big theme for her yeah this season I think you know after she like kind of made the decision to kind of support Maya um no matter what um and then like the moment that she had with Addison I was just like I felt like Mm. you know and then even like that awkward moment that she had with Dell when he overheard her talking to Fife about, you know, the accident and stuff and just like constantly, constantly trying to get back in people's good graces. <laughs> but yeah. She, and then, and then even when she was talking to Fife mm-hmm. about Dell and he heard them and she turned and you saw that look on her face being like, you weren't meant to hear that. Oh no, I messed up again. Terrified. Yeah, exactly. Which is like, yeah. And then yeah. him still asking if she needs anything. Mm. And I, I wonder. I'd be curious. An early muse. Um, that was like the last encounter that she had with Dell, right? Yeah. Or I can only imagine. Like I can see like them kicking off season four and her like harping on that. And, like the last thing he heard me say was, like, you know, I just like yeah. Knowing Naomi, I can see her carrying that kind of guilt. I mean, I would too. Yeah. Okay, back to Maya. All I have here is Dink with a heart. Oh, I know. I really liked how everybody stepped up in this episode. Mm-hmm. I also have a note later that every single one of our friends is going through it this episode. 
know. Like Sheldon has gone for Charlotte and again was second choice. Shame. Yeah. Charlotte, you know, went for no. Charlotte was proposed to. Cooper proposed mm-hmm. to Charlotte. And there's mm-hmm. just like every every single person is going through it. Addison, Pete, Violet. Mm-hmm. All of it. Yeah. It all came to like a, a helm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this episode for sure. Yeah, and I hate I hate seeing Sheldon get the short end of the stick because we all know that he's like you know, he's the good guy. He's yeah. like the great guy who like deserves so much more than he's been given, right? Yeah. And has has dealt with. Um. So that's what I feel like I keep musing early. <laughs> no, feel free. Like, that's one thing I hope um, he gets in season four is like a lasting love. Okay. So we'll see. Fingers crossed for Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rooting for you, Sheldon. I know. We were also rooting for Dallin. Where did it put us? Right. Well, t- exactly. All of my happiness will be squashed. In tears. I'm still trying to act like it didn't happen. <laughs> I, yeah. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. I really liked when they're when it's Addison and Naomi and Amelia and they're talking about treatment options. And I my favorite scenes. Yeah, yeah. I love how straightforward Amelia is. She tries to take it like the like the societally correct way and be like, let's mm-hmm. go sit and have a coffee. And right. when Naomi wasn't going for that, she's like, Okay, I'll tell you. These are right, right. really not great options. Right. I'm with mm-hmm. She was just like, any preferences? It's like, girl, you know, there's no preference to kill somebody's daughter. <laughs> mm. But it also showed me that it's like, you know, again, with me being introduced to Amelia through Ray's first, yeah. it just kind of goes to show me that like she she's always been like this and she's always been like you know the person with the backbone she's always been a straight shooter and like I I appreciate that um but yeah that was and I knew that Naomi wasn't gonna go for it but it was a it was a nice try on her and be like how would you go get some coffee and Addison (laughs) being like sure Amelia just wants to brainstorm but I was like can you imagine how difficult that would be yeah to deliver that kind of news in front of someone you know not only a friend but like now it's like your friend's child that you're discussing but um yeah for her to just kind of like spew that off the top um. I was also thinking about it's really just sticking in my brain how Pete in a few episodes ago said you're a 20 that she's 20 so if I were Amelia putting my actor Mm -hmm. brain on I would constantly be thinking that everyone around me that I'm working with thinks that I am Maybe incapable is not the right word, but inexperienced. Yeah, yeah. And it's one thing to hire a doctor or work with a doctor and Mm -hmm. have them work on a patient, even a patient who you really care for. Mm -hmm. But it's a very different thing to have this doctor surgery on Mm -hmm. your daughter and your grandchild. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, in any other world, I feel like someone would be like, "No, absolutely not." You know yeah, what I mean? Just yeah. because of her, her youth. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or her proximity to the patients. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't have much about that scene where Sam finds out who he has been operating on. Yeah, I guess it was pretty pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, I love that he drops his drink and runs though. 
I do like that part, especially after being like, this is a crabby drink. First of all, I, it's, I have it in miscellaneous, but I was like, is that a strawberry kiwi drink? Like, it, it didn't even look good to me that I was like, Pete, you could have got him something else. Yeah. And I, I was also thinking, but I, it was such a small detail that I didn't want to like accidentally focus on it. And then you'd be like, yeah. I didn't even remember that. But since you do remember it, mm-hmm. what kind of drink do you think it was supposed to be? I thought I would think that after someone's been on their feet in surgery, you'd be like bringing them something Gatorade? Like a little bit more substance. Yeah, even Gatorade or like um like a protein drink, like you know yeah. something like an, a naked, like yeah. something similar to that. But like I was like, how's this kiwi strawberry kiwi just gonna help? I know. <laughs> I guess I didn't keep them hydrated, but like yeah, I the bottle shape is that is Hint. Do you remember Hint, where Maybe. it was water with like fruit essence like LaCroix yeah. without the um sparkles good, right? yeah I mean it wasn't I, I always just like prefer plain water or like water with a squeeze of lemon so I'm not mm-hmm. much for the fruity things but okay. he was acting like it was Gatorade and I was like this isn't Gatorade mm-mm, mm-mm. yeah was, and usually you know usually I miss those smaller details but like yeah that really caught my eye the second time around uh, to, when I watched it today I was just like yeah that just does not look good but. I'm glad that you got to watch it twice because this is an episode with so much going on even though it's all in one set yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah um when they're all in Maya's room mm-hmm and then Sam gets called away to finish to finish the surgery. Yeah. I said, only in a double doctor marriage would Sam be called away from surgery and that not be a major plot point issue in their marriage. Right. Or, you know, <laughs> former marriage. Right. Something that's, like, under casually understandable. Like. Yeah. This is when Naomi is mean to Dell in the hallway accidentally. Oh, talk to her. Yeah. I mean, obviously – it's not Naomi's fault or Dell's fault or my, it's no one's fault except for Troy Hagen. Right. But it also made me think of, cause I really like the what if episodes of mm-hmm. like, if this happened, like if a, if a didn't happen, then B would happen. Or, you know, the, mm-hmm. if then of it all with Idina Menzel. And <laughs> if Maya, if Maya called Naomi instead of Dell, that I feel like wouldn't change the fact that the car crashed but if they took time to go to the bathroom or they ran a yellow light or, you know, they filled up a bottle of water, like maybe that would, but the mere fact of someone driving and another person not doesn't do it. Cause I feel like they would have the same route to the hospital. I didn't even think about that. Exactly. Cause I remember mm-hmm. that, that moment when Naomi was talking about, Oh, you know, if she hadn't called Dell and da, 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 but it's like, and of course, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But I like that you said that it wouldn't have made a difference anyway. Like you all yeah. still would have been in the car, and like yeah. you still, there's a chance that you still could have gotten hit. So, yeah, exactly. It's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, crazy how those um, things happen. Did you did you ever see the movie Crash? Yes. Yeah. That. Like stuff like that. Like yeah. that movie, like really blew my mind, and like like really made me even more so of a believer of how like you know how we can all be like connected and like the ripple effect of little things is crazy yeah yeah. I had a film class in high school and we watched that 
along with like mm. all of the other classics. It was just, oh, wow. it's not an instant classic in the way of like you go to a sleepover and you want to watch it, but it is just like a really impactful piece of film. It really is. It really is. That's so cool that you guys watched it in class because yeah. I would have never, like I kind of thought that it was always like a, I don't know, like an underappreciated film that like, but that's cool that it's being used in like, you know, class. That's- yeah. I'm obsessed with the moment that we were talking about a little bit earlier in the hallway when Naomi realizes that she's just been terrible in general and she's apologizing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have that screen cap for us to post the day of the of this Aww. episode releasing for that to be like our picture because I couldn't bring myself to do any of the photos of Dell. Oh, heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. So seeing Dink with the baby – knowing that he's up to the challenge of fatherhood now even just the way that he's holding the baby like you know that Maya was like this is how you hold a child this is how you change a diaper you're going to do this with me I'm not going to be by myself you told me I'm not going to be and you are here Uh absolutely even just that split second shot of seeing him holding that baby is Mm. really really sweet yeah I felt like um this is unrelated to the baby, but I just felt like his look was different in this episode. It like, was. It I was. was like, like, he, like they either dyed his hair or like he was a little tanner. It just looked like a, a new and improved dink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, in the last episode, they um, Maya was like, Corinne is somewhere and Dink is somewhere. So they were like away. So now that you said tan, I'm wondering if they were like on vacation somewhere. I don't know why they would go on vacation when Maya was due any day. But um, yeah, it makes me wonder where they were. Right. That's my last Maya note. Do you have anything to add? I know I didn't have much on Maya to begin with. But let me just make sure. Oh, I just, I thought it was special when Naomi mentioned that, um, we kind of already talked about this, but how Dell was the one that Maya called yes. when she was having contractions. I just thought that, like, oh, they're really that close. Yeah. Yeah, and um, oh, Dell, I can't. I like can't think of. I like can't. Yeah. I have to disassociate a little bit. Yeah, because it's really hard for me to imagine the show without him I know I know I feel we both have noticed that he has not been around very much this season and I a little bit feel like they were preparing us maybe so for his for his not being there because he left to work on other projects right that's why I was wondering but like this wasn't the, the help yet right no it was I mean it might it that is like the reason though that he was I remember we looked at the date, but the reason is that he was having so much interest for these other pro- projects. Gotcha. And gotcha. he, yeah, he wanted to move more ter- towards film from film, TV. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's understandable. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And he's definitely. He, he put in his work. Yeah, exactly. Very good work. I guess we should move on to William. Yes. Do not have much for him. Do you have anything? Not much. Um, I just said, not him trying to skip town. <laughs> and you know, a couple <laughs> good quotes he dropped on Fife when he was like, you love her too, don't you? Yeah. He's like, be a yeah. better man than you have been. It's like, you better see uh-huh. <laughs> That one. I noticed that too. I, he had a really funny quote. Having three assistants means you always know what's going on. I thought that was a <laughs> that really was funny, funny quote. Mm-hmm. That was funny. My only other note is be a better man than you have been. That's a word. 
Yeah. Or anyone. Early Muse, do you think he will be a better man than he has been? I think that he's going to give it his best effort. <laughs> I think he's going to yeah. give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I see them giving it a try. I don't know how long it will last beyond that. Um, I feel like it's going to be a short-lived romance, but I think it's going to be okay. nice to see them, like, try to make it work. So Yeah. Time will tell. Okay. <laughs> Time will tell, but I won't. <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly. The moment we've all not been waiting for and hoped it wouldn't happen. Let's move on to, um, I'm just going to call him Dr. Parker because he would have been. I know. (laughs) It always makes me feel silly to get so emotional over fictional characters. Because they're not real. Isn't that crazy? It's like, save your, save these real emotions for real people Melissa. <laughs> but I have them for real people too <laughs> right no that's also... the thing I'm like that's that's the problem <laughs> yeah I know yeah. I know it's, it was very sad very sad especially the yeah. way in which he went to but um yeah they kind of like jerked us around a little bit you know yeah having them pass out but then like waking him back up like that Cool. But then it would have been even more sad if he like, you know, if his way out was just like him like going unconscious, like, you know, falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. It was a little bit more honorable. Yeah, there was a point where right after he woke up when he was starting to have those pains that mm-hmm. I like oh, does he just like pass out at this point? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I know. I hate it. And they were so sneaky about it, too, because they know that as the audience, your focus is on, oh, well, Maya and the baby make yeah. it. And meanwhile, like, no one is, you know. Even. Yeah. It wasn't a oh. thought. <laughs> and then I said, I will not have Dell's last line on this show be, I'll take one about water. Water. <laughs> Oh, no. But the monologue later is much better to end on. And that is like second only to um, we had a question about our favorite guest star, mm-hmm. um, how Laurie Metcalf on Grey's Anatomy, she's dying. It's like in season two, I think. And she's mm-hmm. dying and her daughter doesn't know. And she's like, wear underwear with, with your pantyhose. It's trashy not to. And like that whole um, that whole monologue, this is second only to that monologue. And then I said, I'm already crying. It's a lot of just like, yeah, it's a lot of that. A lot of that. A lot right, of that. Exactly. A lot of that. I was also oh. laughing at another another humor moment when Cooper goes, I'm Marcel, his life partner. <laughs> <laughs> just like so, so silly. Yeah. It's just so silly. Ooh. I also was confused how Charlotte as a urologist is able Mm -hmm. to identify a brain bleed that quickly when a brain surgeon couldn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, if you're in there doing burr holes, I feel like, I don't know. I'm also not a brain surgeon. Right. But what's Charlotte's specialty? Urology. Urology. Okay. Cause I was surprised even when she was like checking my, uh, um, to see if she yeah. had any feeling in her feet um, to, to like check for like paralyzation. I was just like, 
Charlotte was wearing, I guess, a lot of hats in this episode. <laughs> yes, she absolutely yeah. was. And I, I guess when you're chief of staff, you mm-hmm. also you get those hats to wear and try on because that makes sense. you go and see more things. Yeah. I almost forgot about her position until like she was like the way she was running things tonight in the hospital. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah. I really also liked when just these little moments we were talking about before, just like finding a little bit of joy, sparking the, mm-hmm. just a tad, a tad bit of joy. Mm-hmm. When it, Charlotte says that Amelia will get a kick out of seeing Dell's brain that makes everybody yeah. laugh. I know that was a sweet moment. I was like, that whole scene tore me up. It was really, it was very good. Yeah, yeah. And then Charlotte was holding back tears, just like I was. Mm. And then they all were. And then, yeah, yeah. (laughs) When Betsy came, I was like, I, I can't, I can't watch. I was watching through my fingers. I was like, this. I was like, oh no, no, no. It, it hit me more so the second time around, like what With Betsy's life, yeah, was going to look like, even when she was, like when Dell was giving her that monologue um, in the hospital bed, and I was just like, dang, I was like, two parents yeah. before the age of, like, how old is it? She even, Eight. like, 10 yet? No. Goodness gracious. But the, and then his monologue made even more sense to me yeah. about, like, you know, you got all the bad stuff out, out of the way now. Oh. And she's like, oh. I know. To, like, yeah. I, I wanted to look up that whole monologue, but it, mm. it got away from me. But I just it I, was really beautiful. Yeah, I wrote a bit of it. He says, he says, all the bad stuff that's going to happen to you already happened. You shouldn't be a scared person or a sad person. Mm. <sighs> a word, dear listeners. We're just doing a lot of like rubbing our heads. <laughs> Why? <laughs> um. Uh, what else do you have for Dell before I get to my last ones? Just that, you know, we talked about him, you know, here overhearing Naomi and falling unconscious. I told you mm. about how I felt about like the Betsy moment. Other than that, literally, I just have in all caps, like, no. <laughs> that yeah. was my general feeling. <laughs> yeah, it was hard to take my eyes off the screen for this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was very well done. Mm-hmm. I didn't even check to see. I know we mentioned it earlier. Who had directed this one? Jeanette Swarak. Mm-hmm. Yes, female director. Yeah. When Amelia and Addison both come out of the surgery rooms, mm-hmm. it was so beautiful to watch that their relationship is so strong that they don't even have to speak to know. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they hold hands walking down the hallway. And I thought that was also just incredible. That was very powerful. Yeah. And it's interesting that they never say Dell is dead. How about that? Yes. I, I literally, I made a, it's a miscellaneous note. I'm all over the place. <laughs> but um, I said the faces tell all in the delivery of the how things yeah. went yeah. between Addison and Amelia. And it's just like, yeah. And I was like, I feel like that's a doctor thing. But also the fact that like they're ex technically sister-in-law. Yes. Um, but just like, you know, the fact that like nothing even needs to be said. I felt like there's kind of like a relief in that. And it just goes to tell, says so much about their relationship. Yeah. And even when she goes to tell everybody else in the waiting room, she doesn't say it. 
that's so true yeah I never say it almost like because it's those people yeah and when Pete tells Betsy we don't hear it yeah I remember there was some like fan theories back in 2010 oh. of like maybe he's not dead maybe because they didn't say they didn't it. say oh. it yeah like maybe he's maybe he's that's just funny. in a coma like he's gonna be fine guys I feel like if anything, it just goes to show it's like it's because it was that painful that like yeah. none of us wanted to hear it. No, like oh, no. I know it's a great job to Chris. Uh, I don't know how he pronounces his last name. Lowell's Lowell, Lowell I think Lowell. But you know, to have created such a loving and endearing character that like you know it weighs on people that much. Yeah. Cause, yeah i mean even to this day like we follow him on our instagram obviously and we saw all of his press work for how i met your father and what like when i i have it's not like i watch a lot of movies all the time because as we know Mm -hmm. i watch Grey's anatomy over and over (laughs) but like when when i see him show up on anything there's Uh just like i'm like oh look i'm happy that this human actor is working and like i love to see him on the screen because he's really talented but yeah. there's still just like a small part of me. <laughs> I, I know that they're fictional characters. I understand, yeah. <laughs> but there's just a small part of me that is like, oh, Dell, like a knife in the chest. Like, oh, I know where he would be. Yeah, I was just thinking he can't even like make an appearance on Grey's Anatomy because he's been in the Shonda universe mm-hmm. as another character. Like, if, could they do that? They couldn't do that. No. Because of Amelia. They can't, like, reintroduce him as somebody else. <laughs> on Grace. I'm thinking, I'm putting my thinking hat on. I can only... I They've feel done like, that with the non-principal... Yeah, but, a pr- like, a series regular. I mean, if that. we want to get into, like, this soap opera of it all and be like, he's my long-lost twin brother. I never right. knew about him before. <laughs> they could do that way. Or right. if they wanted to just put special effects on him and have him not at all look like himself. Mm, an option. But then I wonder if the actor would even want to do that, you know? Right. And I feel like, I mean... Not to make it all about looks. I just feel like he's so pretty that... Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I feel like they would, like... They wouldn't do that to him. They would make him, like, a model and... Yeah. Yeah. With him, I feel like it's more likely for it to be, like, the long-lost whatever of it all. Right. Yeah. Betsy hitting Pete and everyone crying. That's literally all I wrote. Betsy hitting yeah. feet and everyone crying. All that needs to be said. Yeah, I think that I uh, my my tear ducts were working overtime at that point. So. Oh wow! Yeah, it was so much. It's just so powerful. It really is, and I'm thinking about that scene, like watching Amelia work on him. Yeah. During the surgery, and like when that that blood like gushed inside, like because we can't even hear what's going on then. All we do is just like see the eye acting. Yep. And the chaos, and when his uh. I guess when it burst, it looked like something like a blood vessel or something. Yeah, brain hemorrhage. Ruptured, yeah. Mm. The brain is a wild thing. It really is. It's like powerful, but yet very sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
I don't want to say that's all I have for Del Parker because I definitely have more in my heart, but yeah, always on the page, that's all she wrote. Yeah. All right, miscellaneous. Yes, I feel like I've shared most of mine. I think I have one more. Okay. Actually, I did share them both. My miscellaneous was the strawberry kiwi juice and Addison and, and Amelia's nonverbal communication. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have a bunch, just things that like okay. didn't fit. Yeah. When Pete and Violet are talking and when Pete says, it's co-parenting, I tell you where the kid is. It's not a hardship. I'm yeah. shocked that Pete has pivoted to this cooperation so quickly. It does seem very fast doesn't it, it does. that's like my only note because it's just like he just went so hard during the the court case that I like I it's almost hard to believe because I, I have that written down too that like when he's like you know it's, it's not a hardship and I was just like how quickly things have changed yeah <laughs> such a such a wild yeah. just like a, a large pivot right and also, you'd think that they would have brought up Lucas's first birthday or, like, coming to the anniversary before this episode. Right. Maybe things have just been so busy that they didn't. Maybe that was a line that was cut as well. But right. it, it hasn't been mentioned at all. I feel like we're supposed to believe that Lucas is one month old and simultaneously four years old, like, at the same time. Yeah. And I. so now we know that it's – I don't. It's, I don't know if it was the one year anniversary of the Katie yeah. of it all, or, or what. But mm. yeah. And I also thought it was really cute looking at the brightness that we could find. She Violet is talking about this like mini present that mm-hmm. she got Pete and Lucas, and she said, "I I went in your phone, Pete." And he was like, okay. And then she goes, I looked at all your phones. <laughs> and then everyone is kind of like, you what? <laughs> like, I'm glad that, I'm glad that the there are no secret relationships at this point or there might have right. been troubles. Exactly. Right. Putting it all out there. Yeah. I would, I would never dream of going through someone's photos. No, absolutely not. I wouldn't even want to. <laughs> no, no. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was. I understood, but interesting that Addison broke up with Pete on Tonight of All Nights. Right. I think she got that she, like, needed to be there for Sam. Yeah, I think so, too. And that was the main thing, and that, I don't know. And then Sheldon's speech to Addison, saying, like, Mm -hmm. when you decide, you can find happiness. Right. And when he told her that, uh-huh. he's like, you can have everything. He was like, you know, and I was like, oh, that's like very empowering. Yeah. Yeah. And then hopping to the end, she found out what she wanted. She sure did. She was very sure. Yeah. I, uh, I wrote a note to my dear friend, Dr. Montgomery. Okay. I said, so now we're not only not locking doors, but we're also not closing blinds. Ooh. Yikes. We'll leave, we'll leave that there. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> the ring is really gigantic on Charlotte's finger. The size of the diamond and also the actual ring size on her tiny finger. Wow. Good eye. Thank you. Right. Thank you very much because they're in the dark room and the light is right on it and she's like kind of uh-huh. twirling it on her finger. 
Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So you know, they need to spit it. <laughs> and then I said, he better make that proposal tomorrow super cute. Look, okay, second chance. Yeah. Yeah, right? Do, do like, I don't know. I don't, what, what do you think Charlotte would like? Hmm. Not a restaurant proposal. No, I do feel like that she's more like a spectacle kind of girl. Yeah. Um, Being hmm. that it was 2010, why do I want it to be an, a, like a college acapella group singing to her with right. like, like, candles? I feel like that would be exactly like the opposite of what she would want. Like a, what do you call those? A uh, flash mob. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel like Violet would appreciate I'm Violet. My, my inner inner musing feelings inner musings are coming out i think that charlotte would appreciate like a nice dinner with like maybe their closest friends uh-huh. like, like, allowing that to be the surprise but i feel like she's you know she's an elevated woman yeah um that like would i think appreciate something like a little more on the bougier side mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know if it's the time for their friends to have a dinner date but mm-hmm. oh yeah definitely not mm-hmm. But yeah, I could see, I could see that. I could see like a, a hundred white roses or like right. something, something like that. Yeah. The song that's playing at the end is really mm-hmm. good. It keeps talking about like when I think of home or like when I go home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me want to go through and make a playlist of all the private practice music. Oh, I love that. So I might do that. It's really cool. I might call it um, something musings. Musical musings. M- musical musings. Brilliant. I'm writing it down so I don't forget. Even though I won't because I'll edit this next week and be like, oh, yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> I can't type. Okay, so um, I didn't have a new Sam style for this week because – Violet was in the same thing. Yeah, Violet was in the same thing. And it, it really is an extraordinary piece of costume. But I was I wanted to give it to Dell, But then the lighting was so dark that, like, I couldn't even actually tell what he was wearing and if it was scrubs or – and I can't give it to somebody in scrubs. Right. So then I thought about giving it to, like, the whole hair and makeup department. Uh-huh. But I think I'm oh, just going to – Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm just going to keep it as being Violet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Who's our guest star spotlight? Our guest star spotlight tonight is none other than Dink himself. Yay, Dink! (laughs) His name is Mr. Stephen Lunsford, but he now goes by Stephen Ford. I said, okay, switching it up, the stage name. His full name, um, however, is Stephen Sean Lunsford White. Oh. But he's a Swedish-American actor and director, and after acting in shows like Teen Wolf, Switched at Birth, another show that I love mm-hmm. that used to come on ABC Family, now Freeform, <laughs> and Private Practice, of course. He began his own production company, Ascender Productions. His career started at a young age when he began doing commercials and creating short films for his neighborhood friends, which I thought was really cool. Um, he has two half-brothers, Hans and Jack. Um, his first talent agent um, was Sandy Bell in Florida. Oh. <laughs> and um, he supports many charities, notably those that support climate change and political awareness. Um, he was raised in Winter Park, Florida until he was eight. And then he attended Brookshire Elementary School. His favorite music and movies, uh, his favorite music are movie soundtracks and classic rock. 
Oh, I also love movie soundtracks. I oh, me too. Me too. I've like gained a like a greater appreciation for them as I've gotten older. Yeah. And honestly, that is what I have on Mr. Stephen Ford. Trivia. This episode scored 9.28 million viewers. So that's okay. about 2 million more than a normal unusual. Yeah. Than a normal episode this season. Mm-hmm. And let's hope that it stays in the nines. Yeah. Or the tens or the elevens. Right. Yeah. The table read for this episode took place on April 9th, 2010. Interesting. Okay. I feel okay. like sometimes I appreciate knowing like when it was filmed or aired, like specifically with Christmas movies, when it's how they're always <laughs> filmed in the summer. And I feel yes. like that's part of the reason why I have such a hard time watching Christmas movies because I know that internally they're just like sweating. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's suffering. Yeah, when it's outdoors, it's just even yeah, yeah, but I don't know anything really um, important about April 9th, 2010 or the surrounding mm. times. I'm probably forgetting something, but I don't know. David Grant Wright, who plays Troy Hagen, also played Mr. Burton in an episode mm-hmm. of Grey's Anatomy. So that is the father of Jake Burton. It's an early season where a kid comes in. He's like 15, 16, and he has recurring face tumors, and they've – yeah, they've they've been, uh, you know, just treating them. But it's Mark Sloan's first surgery at Seattle Grace wow. Hospital. Okay. I always bring it back to my boo. And it's his first surgery. So I thought that was interesting. Wow, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. This episode marks Chris Lowell's final appearance as Del Parker. It also mm-hmm. is Jeffrey Maya's last appearance as Maya Bennett despite the fact that her character didn't die. Get out! I know. So we don't see Maya again after this? Says we don't. That is so crazy! Wow! Interesting. Notice it doesn't say that it's Sean Stephen Ford's last episode. Right. Right, because I also noticed in my research of him that it said seasons three and four of private practice. How are y'all going to keep Dink and not Maya? I know. That's okay, because, I mean, we now know that Jeffrey now has a very blossoming and thriving career, but that is just, like, so crazy. I know. I wish we saw her more. I know. Oh, man. I almost wish I didn't tell you that or put it in there because, well, but you need to know. But I, I wanted you to muse. Oh, like, you know, about, like, what will happen. Oh, yeah, I mean, I can still, still muse about, like, what you want. what I think that's going to, like, what that's going to look like without her. Yeah. Wow, so interesting. Well, now I'm just uh, interesting, interested to see, again, musing prematurely, interested to see how, like, it's everything is going to... When we see the baby, like, like how integrated is Dink going to be in the private practice family without Maya? I don't know. Yeah. Interested. Can't wait to find out. Yeah. <laughs> Not the scratch. Uh, what do you think about this possible budding romance between Pete and Violet? 
I don't know if I'd ever like stand Pete and Violet's relationship, to be honest. Because um, you want her to be with Cooper. Yeah. I think deep down, I like as much as I like love that Cooper and Charlotte are now like coming back to each other and like giving me what I've been like, y'all need to just get married like this whole season when they've been like getting on my nerves. And now that they are, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but this still doesn't feel like what it's. A, I just feel like it's like the very classic, like he's supposed to be with his best friend. He's supposed to be with Violet, um, you know. I just feel like that is the way it's supposed to be. So I'm not going to like put too many eggs in this Violet and Pete basket, even though Addison thinks she's like doing a service by like kind of like pushing them together. Be like, this is what's supposed to be. It's like, girl, I'm not so sure. But <laughs> so this is just my personal opinion, but. I'm yeah. really, I'm really happy for this big pop filter because I'm just cracking up behind here. I right? see you. you. I was like, I was like, are you hiding? <laughs> just my thoughts, Sam. Just my. Thoughts. I love your thoughts. I love <laughs> them, but I'm just cracking up at all of them. Which of them you may mm. never know. Oh God, I can't wait. Can yes. See how this plays out. <laughs> and how about our sweet dear Betsy? Oh God. I can't even think about it too much or I get sad. I know. I mean, they um, say that she has an aunt in Portland who is coming. Child, that's not going to work. Maybe. Maybe somebody takes her in. Maybe somebody takes Betsy in. I don't know who. <laughs> who you're thinking. Who, you're thinking something. Who do you? Th- I'm thinking. Just muse out really loud. Hard. Just tell us. Just tell us. I'm musing out loud. I'm trying to think of like who is in a stable enough, you know, who has a stable enough life that could take <laughs> Betsy in. Lost. I mean, obviously we, we've been saying that maybe the people who already have kids, it's like just might as well add more to their plate because we are, I feel like there's a reason why this seed with Pete has been planted with like, he was like, I'll go get Betsy. And he's the one who tells her that Dell passes away and, you know, that Betsy, like, beats up on, you know, and um, in her sadness. But uh, so maybe Pete takes in Betsy. I feel like there will be, like, some opposition about, like, it's a, it's a dad and, like, you know, he should be taken in by a woman. But it's just, like, Violet is already getting to know her own son. Yeah. So I feel like it wouldn't make sense for Violet to take her. To me, it honestly would make more sense for Pete to take her because Pete is you know, most used to being a parent out of everyone, you know, Naomi and Sam, Naomi, I feel like they've done their job as parents already. Like, you know, they, they, you know, Maya is like older and like grown and now has her own child. And I feel, I feel like they wouldn't want to go back to square one. Okay. I feel like she's a little too young for them. And what about Addison, Amelia, Charlotte? Charlotte, absolutely not. She yeah, because she said, I hate stuff. babies. Oh, I can see Addison. Addison wants a child so bad. That would be actually like a really, that would be really beautiful. I would love to see Addison take care of Betsy. I feel like it's not going to be her. And then who did you, who else did you Amelia. say? Amelia. Amelia ain't taking nobody's child either. I think she's a little too early. Yeah, I definitely vote Pete. Okay. While we are on the topic, how about mm-hmm. Cooper or Sheldon? Do you feel either which way on that? About as far as whether they'll take in Betsy? Yes. 
I want Cooper to be her therapist because she needs one. I'm yes. sorry. I lied to you. I want Cooper to still Sheldon. be her pediatrician. I want, yes, yeah, Sheldon to be her therapist because yeah. that yeah. tiny, tiny human needs one. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would love – I hope that they spend some time on – I would love to see some um, therapy sessions with Betsy <laughs> next season. Um, I could see Sheldon being a really good daddy. To be honest, I could see, obviously, Cooper's a, the pediatrician. Yeah. I could see him being it, too, but I felt like if the, if the focus is going to be more so he and Charlotte mm-hmm. and their wedding, I don't think they would add a kid into the mix. So I would say either Pete or Sheldon. It, I feel like more so Pete because like Sheldon hasn't has any relationship been established yeah. with Betsy at all this season not with Sheldon no do you think can you see her either leaving the show entirely and going with her aunt in Portland or going into foster care foster care can Hmm. I'm just trying to think of like all of the possibilities that Betsy could have. I mean, because if she goes into foster care, would we still see her? Like, would we still, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, like, would she still be a part of the show? I guess is my question. She, I don't see her going into foster. I don't think they would allow her to go into foster care. My hope and prayer would be that somebody would step up. I mean, I just feel like they're such a close knit group, like, you know, that like, that they wouldn't let someone would feel emotionally obligated to like be like this is Dell's child and mm. I'm going to like carry you know on his legacy. Yeah, like he took care of care us. Of- the least right. I can do is take care of her. Absolutely. Which, and since, since you put it that way, now you're making me feel like Naomi would take in Betsy for that reason. Okay. I'm not telling you anything. I know. I'm trying to figure it out, but it's okay. That's, that's you so you get to watch like seven episodes in a row if you want. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but I will tell you, just you know, lady to lady, the next yes. th- like, that's the one that I considered having a therapist on. So just prepare yourself. Which one? The next episode that you're going to be on. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're on four seven and four eight. Okay. What's your rating? Ooh. Let me tell you how I'm about to make this up on the spot. Because <laughs> we, we started and I was just like, I sure didn't give this a rating, but I, I connected so many dots of um, at least twice someone like is not completely honest with someone in the show. It's given, it's like very much like you're told it's going to be one thing and it's the other. And now, in, I'm kind of st- in what um, you mean, like we think that it's going to be Maya who's in trouble, but really it's Dell, or in the Charlotte is going out with Sheldon, but then says yes to Cooper the same night. I was thinking more like more like Pete telling Sam like it's not the same guy. Oh, okay, okay. And, and it being the same guy, um, and uh, and there's another moment. Somebody who else lies to somebody. I mean, when Charlotte tells Dell he's going to be fine, when she knows that he's not. Yeah, there's just, like, a lot of that, and um, it feels like such a, like, minor equivalent, but, like, thinking about, like, um, like, and I'm stealing from White Lotus when I think about this, but, like, when you go to a hotel on vacation, and, like, you're told you're going to get a certain room, and, like, it's not, you go back to the front desk, and you're like, it's not that room. This isn't what I saw on the internet. Right, exactly. This is not what it looked like on the website. Catfish. That 
yeah, that specific scene for those of you listeners who have seen White Lotus, I'm sure you probably know which one I'm talking about. But um, yeah, like you, you're just like complaining and being like, no, this is not this is not what I paid for. Like, you know, in Sam's case, like, this is not like, I did not sign up to be like doing surgery while my daughter is about to give birth. Yeah. I especially didn't sign up to do it on the person who could have potentially murdered her and my grandchild. Mm. Um, And so kind of demanding what he feels he deserves. And I feel like Sam's way of doing that ended resulted in him punching Pete in the face face and being like, what else are you going to take away from me? Yeah. Um, But yeah, like that, that level of frustration, I feel like is what can be like drawn correlation to. Yeah. That made some sense. No, but it absolutely did. It absolutely did. I'm now wanting you to muse on like, what you think is going to happen with this Sam and Addison thing and how you think Pete is going to respond to all of it. I mean, I feel like Pete has had an idea for a while, like since he and Addison started their FWB journey. Um, FWB while (laughs) co-parenting. Yeah, exactly. Like he's like, what is the level of seriousness here? Um, So I feel like I don't think he's going to be too taken aback, especially with like Addison's blessing to like, pursue Violet but I think I don't know I just I think knowing how like knowing that there's so far to go in the series overall that I'm just like anything that's happening now I feel like in like season season three like season four I have a hard time believing that like it's gonna be long lasting because yeah, I'm just like, I feel I yeah so, much, so it's so hard for me to be like they're gonna be together forever because I'm just like we still got how many seasons to go mm-hmm. but um but I think that this could potentially like I think this could last for a while like if I was gonna bet on any couple to last longer than the others I would probably bet on Addison and Sam um just because I feel like they have they have the most history And I think that they're, like, the most clear on wanting each other. I think Cooper and Charlotte have now come to that point, but, like, look how long it took them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And same with Pete and Violet. So if you were to say – if I were to say to you, there's one couple who makes it to the end. You have, in one corner, Pete and Violet. In another corner, Charlotte and Cooper. In another corner, Sam and Addison. In another corner, Naomi and Fife. Who do you think makes it to the end? Um, I'm not saying anyone does, but just okay. if you. I feel like what my, when you put it in perspective like that, now I feel like I'm completely about to contradict what I just said. <laughs> because, but then if I choose the couple that I'm, gonna choose now it goes against what I said earlier that's okay when you just said that I was gonna say Charlotte and Cooper okay but that goes against what I really want and believe is gonna happen which is that Cooper and Violet get together um okay yeah I was was gonna say what you want and what your gut says are two different things but I feel like what your heart wants and your gut wants is Cooper and Violet Right, and I don't know if there's going to be any possibility of what my heart actually wants. But actually, I think there is, because I think we have plenty of time to, like, you know, you know, when it kind of gets to a point where it feels like the cast is just kind of, like, circulating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> circulating each other. It's just like, well, let's put this match together and see how this <laughs> works out. And so we have yet to get to Cooper and Violet, and I I think that 
Well, we did for like a second when they were going to, and then they were like, no, I can't do this. In like season one. Okay, that was a moment? Yeah. Okay, I, I, forget, I forgot that. Before that. Pete Before. and Sheldon and Lucas and all of that. Okay, but they considered it. Okay. And of those four that I mentioned, who do you think, who, who are you like, oh, there's no chance they'll even be together next episode? to eliminate Cooper and Charlotte because they're getting married. And I I'm mean, sure that but he hasn't good. even proposed for the second time yet, so you don't have to get rid of them. I know. I feel like he will, and I feel like they will. Unless Sheldon, like, steps in. It's like, no. Um, this is hard. My first, my first guess would be, like, Naomi and Fife because like they're not even like official official yet okay. and I feel like once he shares all this news about my uh, I almost called him by his like real name <laughs> um, William um, I feel like you know she's gonna have to sit with that for a minute and I don't know how quick she'll be to like want to continue pursuing things with Fife once she knows the truth okay so not like, not, like that it's Fife's fault, but you know, just but yeah, when she comes to terms with it, yeah. So yeah, I'd probably say them. Like I don't think that they would make it. Okay, okay, yeah, I love that. I love all of that. These are some really, <laughs> some really interesting musings. So my rating, back to rating and yes. review. I mean, rating yes. and MVP is um, it's like. A huge fear of mine <laughs> um mm. a tsunami coming without an alert just like Ooh. out of nowhere like a giant tsunami that was in um it's happened a few times that i remember it's just like massive destruction and it's every, it takes everything in its wake and no one is prepared for it and you just hear these horrific stories um mm. that would probably need a trigger warning if i were to tell any of them but just like yeah all of these because you can get a tsunami warning like i get them every once in a while and it's like avoid this area you chance of fire chance of tsunami but just like a Mm -hmm. natural disaster and no one saw it coming Mm. that's what this is to me i know it does feel exactly like that Mm -hmm. and who's your mvp I decided that my MVP is Amelia because I feel like she stepped up and in in a lot of ways, um, starting with like having to brainstorm in real time about what to do about Maya in front of Naomi. I feel like that in and of itself, the pressure, um, and then just brainstorming ideas in general to save her life. Um, and then having to do two back-to-back surgeries and mm. even though, you know, Dell's didn't turn out the way that we wanted it to, um, you know, there's something to be said about that. Like, you know, like when you think about like surgeons, like being on their feet all those hours. And, um, but her, when she found out that it was Dell, her being willing to do it and to, you know, try, yeah. um, you know, so essentially, and she's still like, you know, she still saved a life. She still saved two out of three lives, which yeah. is, you know, pretty excellent. So yeah, that's why Amelia is one. That's a good choice. So mine is Dell. Okay. And I have this quote from Naomi. I also wrote this while like I was highly emotional, so it might just sound really dramatic. Oh. But she says, 
Dell spent the whole day taking care of her. Nobody worried about him. No one even looked at him. Mm. And then I said, as he did for the whole series so far. So he's my MVP for this episode. And he's, for me, the MVP of this season. Going through what he did with Heather. Going through this. Helping Maya. Just the growth that he saw. Even just from like the first episode of season one. Or the backdoor Mm -hmm. pilot when he comes in as this surfer boy. And then Mm -hmm. we see him taking care of everyone in this office and he he adjusts the thermostat he throws away violet's takeout he Mm -hmm. you know he knows what everyone needs and even when he moves from his admin position Mm -hmm. through to being a midwife and Mm -hmm. you know getting into medical school school, yeah he he's there for everyone at every Mm -hmm. time yeah yeah so true so true we love you, Dell. We love you, Dell. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at BHAB Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor to be the first to hear future episodes. You can find me on Instagram at, at Melissa Clark and on Twitter at, at Melissa with three E's. And you can follow me at Samantha G. Harris on all social media. If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with a friend. It really helps people learn about the show, and we might read your review on the podcast. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash BHAB podcast. On our next episode, we'll be discussing Private Practice Season 4, Episode 1. They are available to stream on Hulu and can be purchased on iTunes, Amazon, DVD, and more. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at BHAB podcast or email us at BHAB podcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. TGIT.